Glory broadcast. Fire on your life. Holy! <laughs> In that radio announcer glory. Shaka. I got hit so hard with the wine just five minutes ago. I'm in a completely different dimension. It is uh, a lot of joy, a lot of joy. You guys are doing a lot better than Satan thought. <laughs> Before we burn your eye sockets out of your head, let's have a drink. You can't even receive revelation unless you're in the glory intoxication because it's for your spirit and not your brain. It's like sowing seed in bad ground when you sow it into the sad frown. <laughs> Whoa, that was the double portion. You see, double rhyme. Bad, sad. Ground frown. I think I might have just received the Eminem mantle tonight. Start rapping like that in the glory. Look out, hippity hop, here we come. Holy! It's like Mystery Science Theater 3000. The commentary starts in the opening screen with the credits rolling. <laughs> it's kind of cool how the intro screen matches the pillows in the background here. Here, get, get someone grab me that pillow. I just gotta show people how cool this is. It's not every day that you see this level of glow ray. Thank you. This is a good job. Isn't that awesome? Look at that right here. Oh. <laughs> and then it, oh man, wow. Shaba. We have these Joel's bar pillows at Beezleboo.com. We might bring it back. Blessed are you who have received a Joel's bar pillow. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much joy here tonight. Whoa. Uh, it is getting easier as our spirit rises in the, the victories of Christ. The effort, the trying, even the warring. Um, King David says, I am for peace when I speak, they are for war. There's a time where you have so overflowed in the anointing that you, you don't have enemies anymore. And you just have world peace. 
It might not be in someone's world, but at least it's in your world. I can see this anointing, this oil of joy, taking me up into my world peace. <laughs> and we're gonna pour out our world, the world of peace, on all flesh. Violently, of course. Kind of like nuclear holocaust of peace. I don't want to throw it with all the candles around. <laughs> Hallelujah. Shaka. Oh, where do we even begin? The Holy Spirit says, have a drink. I heard the interoperable voice of God. He says, have a drink. And have another. Mm -hmm. You can never be too hearty. But you can be too heady. When you're heady, you're deady. And you're never ready for what's coming because you summon a demon. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Jesus. Whew. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Sometimes, no, wrong. All the times. It's good to get intoxicated. I was just busy discerning spirits. Let me just give you a little testimony. You know, the discerning of spirits is the drinking of your brother and sister's spirits. Which means you have to be a spiritual person to discern spirits if you're carnally minded. You can't discern. Because there's no divine ability. Divine ability is only in the spirit. Your spirit's in your belly, so if you're not discerning from your belly through your spirit, through your sacrifice, heart, and brain, guaranteed always wrong. Guaranteed wrong. Judgment wrong, discernment wrong. <clears throat> it is so wild. The actual discernment of spirits is the ability to drink your neighbor's wine in the spirit realm, in the development of the relationship with God. The Holy Ghost will give you access, not all the time, Sometimes they're a garden under construction and you just won't be allowed entry and the spirit will, will say to you when you're more mature, when you're actually caring for people, love opens the doors to see what's in the spirit, to discern spirits without love. Why would you even care? What are you going to judge and hurt them? So love is the open door. Love is the promotion because it's the ability to see where they're at out of genuine care for their spirit, for their eternal growth in God, because you sincerely love them and you've laid your life down, which means you put your soul down into your spirit for the building up of their spirit. You got weightlifter Jesus with his looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger, muscles rippling. <coughs> you know, it looks like he can bench press planet Earth. Looks like he can bench press all of Congress. Oh, that's a lot of weight there. <coughs> what a heavy burden for the Lord. <coughs> U.S. politics, bench pressed by Christ. Oh, 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 yeah. How many reps? We go forever. Omnipotence in the house, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. And he's, they said, Jesus, do you lift? I lift people's spirits. That's how you get buff in the glory. That's how you get glorified, reaping what you're sowing. 
seed time and harvest remain forever, which means building up each other's spirit in the things of God remain forever. If you want forever to materialize right now, you got to be building up each other's spirit today. How do you grow in salvation? Building up salvation in others. It's one of the main selfish, greedy reasons I do Joel's Bar. Because I get a greater glory by building up your spirit. I'm sincere, I'm genuine, and I really do care about everyone's spiritual development. That's why we literally tell you the truth, even if it's offensive to pride and different things. We try to make it as easily to receive as possible because we don't want anyone to perish. But some of these things require the destruction of pride and demons, and you need to understand that because everybody, everybody, me, you, and your grandma are coming in here with pride. It can't be avoided. The issue is you grow as a surgeon. You grow in the ability to use the sword of the Spirit because just like a good surgeon, you don't want to feel the pain. I mean, if you're like fully awake and they're like, no drugs, you're going to feel the maximum pain as we cut out the cancer of sin from your soul. I mean, my God, people, people are sick and they'll go to ministries and churches like that. And just to think the pain they feel will give them rewards in heaven. That's not true. It's not true. God has given you a comforter for the surgery, the Holy Ghost. And you can have as much of the comforter as you want every day. It's called Holy Smoke. It's a Holy Smoke. It's an angelic ecstasy. It's a joy. It's an oil. It's an ointment. It is wine. It is true drugs. It is real drugs. And in surgery, no one's complaining about drugs. But in Christianity, they're complaining about angelic drugs, aren't they? They're manifesting like crazy over God caring so much about the transformation of our soul that he would shoot us up with heavenly Novocaine, that he would shoot us up with heavenly morphine. <laughs> Depending on the depth of the cut of the sword of the spirit, the word of God, that's how much comfort you have. The enemy doesn't want you comforted. Saul marched his armies on empty stomachs and said if anyone eats or is comforted or gets into joy or pleasure or happiness, they are to be killed. The religious spirit represented perfectly by King Saul wants you to suffer and feel bad. That ain't God, guys. That ain't God. Suffering for glory is a different suffering for religion. Most Christians, even in the charismatic church, can't even tell the difference. I know this suffering is going to make me more mature. Suffering is not your teacher. You have one teacher and he is the comforter. The Christ is your teacher. What is Christ? The Bible describes Christ as the oil of joy. Christ means the anointed one in his anointing. That's the exact definition from the Amplified Classic. Every time it says Christ, it says the anointed one and his anointing. Anointing is what? Oil. So the anointed one, his anointing, the only description of that oil in the New Testament is the oil of joy. Oil of joy, the oil of comfort, the oil that gets you intoxicated, which means unless you receive in that, the transformation is going to be harsh and severe and painful to the animal. 
There's a place where it's no longer painful, but it's pleasurable. You can be in the deepest uh, spiritual surgery. Archangel Raphael working on you because the cut's so deep. But you, you feel euphoric. You feel ecstatic. That is when you're in the river. You can grow in the flow. You can grow and feel good. The feeling bad is because your own pride has you out of the comfort of the river of life. This is perfectly symbolized, guys, in John the Baptist's camel hairs. Camel hair would feel like brass wool on your skin. It's like sandpaper if it's dry, if it's out of water. But when the camel hair is underwater, it's smooth like silk. It's like silk versus sandpaper in the river or out of the river. So our message of the spirit of Elijah in this generation is return to the river of life in your belly. In your belly. Then you can grow at whatever pace that your soul and mind desire. You will still require thirst in order to drink. But at least your spiritual growth will come with all the giftings of Jesus Christ's comforts in heaven. So that growing becomes the most fun, thrilling thing you could possibly do in the entire earth, which is reality. The religious spirit does not want to make spiritual growth fun, thrilling, or pleasurable so that people don't do it. And they just go to the enemy for pleasure. Pleasure is the number one temptation of the enemy. Two things, pleasure and religion, which is like a self-peace, a self-salvation. Religion is the saving of self, which is impossible, so it's total deception. And in that place, there's no comfort because there's no comfort in the soul dimension. The comfort is in the glory dimension, which is in the spirit dimension. So you have to get out of the animal, you have to get into the spirit, but then you need to be discipled by thirst. And this is how you really learn after you've discovered the river and become a little God inside minded. You know, Christ in you, the hope of realizing the glory. So you realize the glory two years ago, three years ago. That doesn't mean you're in the fullness of glory. In fact, you're not even close. The issue is that now you've discovered the well of salvation. And the Bible says in Revelation 7, 17, he begins to wipe tears from your eyes, which is the transformation of your soul disconnecting from the natural and your soul connecting to the supernatural through the well of salvation that the great shepherd has led you to, the living Lord Jesus. He is leading you through his fivefold. <laughs> Clearly, written in the word. The fivefold is the leadership of Jesus' spirit in the earth. Which means you want to be around as much fivefold as possible. I mean, my God, there's the feast. Their entire gifting from God is to build up your spirit. To not be around the fivefold in the river is you're a lost sheep, a lone ranger. They'll be out there in caves, and that's why your life is hard, because you're not with the anointed leaders that God the Father has given His Spirit without measure. And they get this idea, well, I'm an anointed leader, and I don't need anyone else. You need everyone else. You need to be, you're already connected. The issue is, 
you're not in reality. The devil's got to because of your pride. So we don't need to just be out here without any helpers. We need to be connected to all the helpers sent from God. And you see a lot of people now trying to help God. They get nervous when a little child is in leadership because they're still religious in them. They haven't learned to just rest and let 11-year-old Jesus steer the battleship. We want the four-star general, the apostle who's had 25 years on the missions field, to steer the ship. And here comes child Jesus. He's not... Most of you need to know him as a child because that's where you get healed and that's where you lose control of your brain power leading you astray, leaning not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledging child Jesus. You know, when they were children in the apostolic church of Acts, the Bible says that they were following the holy child Jesus. They weren't following the adult Jesus because they themselves admitted they were not adults. They were so young because the church was only one, two, five years old. So they're they're total infants. They have no idea what the new covenant is. They've just started the new covenant. So they're not following adult Jesus because they're not spiritual adults. The apostles' confession, the apostles said, we are following the holy child, Jesus. The holy child. So, Every single one of you will grow spiritually as you follow a child. This is how you'll grow demonically if you follow an adult. If you're following an adult, you're following the devil. You need to follow a child because the child will exemplify freedom and fun and feasting. Three F's. F you. Yep, three F's to go F yourself. Freedom, fun, and feasting. Freedom, fun, and feasting. Just look at your neighbor and say, go F yourself. Yeah, with freedom, fun, and feasting. And if you think that's a negative thing, you need your dirty mind renewed. Get your dirty mind renewed. Out of the effing gutter, which is the feasting realm of the garbage heap. Stop eating out of the trash bin. For the pure, all things are pure. And the hallelujah, that's a wonderful thing. Feasting, this is what children are into, and this is why we need to get childlike. A lot of people can't go into the child because their child is unhealthy from past experiences in their own childhood. A lot of people, they quench the child because the memories of childhood in their teenage years and their college years are so dark. So what the the temptation of the devil is, is to get into an adulthood to bury the childhood, which means the blockages on the heart are so severe, you'll never discover the river unless you get into the child. You'll never find the glory of Christ in you until you get into the child. You adults need to be more childlike than your kids. You'll actually be the best parents if you're more childlike than all your children combined. Amen. The worst thing you could do is be an adult to kids because it kills the spirit. It kills the creative genius. We need to demonstrate the holy child Jesus and what does the Bible say? Isaiah chapter 11 
and a little child shall lead them. That's written three times in the word of God. Little child. We were among you as a little child, the apostle Paul says in Thessalonians. Isaiah 11, a little child. What's a little child? It's before there is human responsibility. That's what it symbolizes. That's why it's not a child. It's a young child or little child when there is no natural responsibility. You are at the complete place of carefree wonderment. Amen. That's where you have to be, the Bible prescribes, in order to be a true leader of Christianity. You have to be in a place with zero earthly responsibility, which is a place of total heavenly responsibility in the holy child Jesus, which is of the increase of his government of that holy child. There shall be no end. But it seems like every generation we want to end that leadership and get into some soulish, false, fake maturity. It's true. It's true about you. Amen. It's true about me. Double-edged sword so the real eye can see. And it's Christ in you are many eyes. Any place the holy child is, vision exists. There is a vision in the river that you know not of. Seeing in the spirit is freedom. Seeing in the brain is unrighteous judgment. You gotta change your vision. You gotta change your hearing. You know, one of the healthiest places to be when you start to get childlike, you'll learn how to love by testing spirits. You know, testing the believer's spirit will be the drinking and the receiving of the river of life for many of you who have not done that before. <clears throat> Some of you just need to close your eyes and actually just drink off of believers' spirits and realize how much of God is in one another. It's always more than you think. I have yet to this day found the brain to ever be accurate or right about anything. The brain consists of zero divine leadership ability. Absolutely zero. It consists of 100% of Satan's false leadership ability. So it'll lead you into a pit, Jesus said. They both will fall into a pit. He says brain led is blind leading the blind. We need to get brain led completely out of our lives. Blindness has to go out of our lives. Jesus said in the word that blindness will lead, leave you when you get into not being brain led. If you're brain led, you're falling into a pit all the time and it's this constant drama. I just, can you pray for me? And it, you know, the carnal Christians, the enemies of the Holy Spirit, Romans 8, are carnal-minded Christians. People don't even care about Christianity out there. They're not even messing with us. But the ones messing with us are believers in Jesus who believe only in their brain. The Bible says that's the realm of the anti-Christ Christians. Where does the Antichrist establish himself? The Bible tells you multiple times in the temple. What's the new covenant temple? The believer's body. Look no further for the Antichrist than in a carnal minded Christian. Most of you tolerate them as believers. 
They're not believers, doesn't mean you stop loving them, but you can't listen to a single word out of their mouths. Nothing they say is ever true. Their discernment's always wrong, their cares, their leadership, it's all completely backwards. It's literally following the devil after you're born again. Jesus said blind and leading the blind and both fall into the pit. What does it mean? That means judgment, discernment, the spiritual gifts in the brain will lead you into a pit. Jesus called it iniquity. You think tongues can lead you into a pit? Jesus said they could. Jesus said miracles, healing, signs, wonders could lead you into a pit of destruction. How can it be? Jesus said it because you're carnally minded. Amen. So what is the answer? The cross to the brain. Where was the cross? You need the vision now. The Roman soldiers took that piece of wood, our altar, and pounded it with a hammer into the ground on a mountain in Jerusalem, a small hill, that's called Golgotha. Golgotha in Aramaic means the skull. So there is a piece of wood for the skull called the cross of his blood. You know what's going to set you free to live in the glory? To be in the holy child? which you want to be. This is where we miss that we desire the things of God, but we resist and reject the cross through the skull. The deeper you have the cross through your skull, the more you'll live in your spirit. In fact, you can't even transfer consciousness and intelligence from the animal brain into the angel brain, because it is an intelligence, it's an angelic brain, in the spirit, except through the cross. Jesus Christ said, there's no other way to the Father, and the Father's in the Spirit, except through me, which was a reference to the Lamb, the sheep gate to the Father, which is Calvary. So Calvary isn't just this belief system of Jesus and we worship the cross. I mean, it's cool that there's a zeal, but it's zeal without knowledge. It's a practical tool to transfer consciousness from brain to spirit. And if you're not using it for it, you're still in your brain, which means you're missing out on 99% of Christianity. That's why we need better teaching. We need the teaching of the ability of the cross to get us out of the brain into the latter rain. And the latter rain is, behold, the river flows out of your belly like rain. Like rain on tender mown grass. So what mows the grass? The rain. Don't make any sense to the brain. The rain is what makes the grass grow. Not in the spirit. The rain is what plows the grass. What's the rain? It's the rain of the word and the glory. It's the living water of the word. Paul says, if you have an unbelieving wife, if you have a carnally minded wife, if you have a carnal husband, a carnal wife, and it's very rare to see any couple equally yoked, so I'm sure that's like 99% of all of you right now. The Bible says you have to mow them with the water of the word. You'll sanctify them out of your own river. Worst thing you could do is get into carnal-minded frustration towards others because you'll stop growing. This person frustrates me. You know, if you're irritated, it's an opportunity to be intoxicated. Which means, if I can go there in my spirit and get my lying, deceiving, natural senses crucified, this is going to be enjoyable and not a burden for me. 
It's only a burden if you're in the brain. That's why Jesus Christ said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light, because the light is of the Spirit. What's the burden? The burden is the Holy Ghost, guys. The burden of the new covenant is nothing except the Holy Spirit God himself. You have any other burden on you? You're yoked to demons, guaranteed. Your own ideas of what God is, your belief systems, your opinions, your arguments, your debates against the Holy Spirit. That's never going to end well. We all have them, so it's not like anyone here is exempt. I'm preaching to myself now, hoping that I burn some of them up tonight. I preach to deliver myself every night. And hopefully some of you come with me. Because we're going to rise in the deliverance of the Word, and then we're going to come down in a deliverance like a scroll. There's an ascension in the Word of God. The Psalms of Ascension, and it's how many? It's 14 chapters of words. Ascension is in the Word of God only, but the Word has to be mixed with Spirit, and here's where you really get it. When you understand the ability of the cross as a priesthood tool. I don't even think you can begin in the New Covenant priesthood without an accurate understanding of the cross crucifying the skull. I think that's why there's so much rubbish Christian teaching out there. This is the foundation of teaching. I preach nothing except Christ and Him crucified. We like that idea. It sounds like sound doctrine. Paul Washer can preach that and a million Baptists go nuts. But I don't think they have the revelation. God bless Paul Washer. I'm sure the glory is touching him as we mentioned his name because there's no condemnation at Joel's bar. Just liquid substances getting poured out in all flesh. This isn't the condemnation. This is the intoxication. This is the bar of heaven. The bar of heaven is the liquid substances of the throne of grace getting poured on anyone. If they lack it in their dry, Guess what we're going to bring? Liquid. Here's some wine, Paul Washer. Here's some wa- here's some oil, Paul Washer. And Graham Lots. Making your Crefro dollars by slanging your Billy Grahams. All of them. Liquid glory on every believer. I, the rain falls on just and unjust. And we don't even judge just and unjust, but if the Spirit in us reveals something, it's because we love them and we care about their spiritual growth. So, love will tear down all kinds of soulishness in this day. They'll resist. They'll have all kinds of arguments against the sons of God and the government of the sons of God and the 144,000 of the ruling company of the heavenly Sanhedrin of the sons of God that we're forming in this day. They'll have every argument from the earth. But you know, the arguments from the earth don't even make it up into the sky. We still deal with praying Christians who pray out of their soul. It's called witchcraft. People that pray out of their own religious mindsets and curse you in their Christian prayers in the name of their false Jesus. So they cast sorcery spells, witchcraft prayers. And that used to be a deal at lower elevations. When you go into higher elevations, there's a canopy of David up here. It can't even make it. It burns up as it just goes into the atmosphere. The heavens are not brass. The heavens are fire. The skyline in the firmament is as fire, Daniel 12 says, when a people take the sky, when they arise from the dust of the earth, which means out of natural ability into spirit ability. 
people reject this teaching. Why? Because they're yoked to natural ability. Because the demon on their shoulder that they think is Jesus says you need to have these religious works. You're going against religious works. You're going against dead works and strange fire. You're going to make a lot of enemies. Especially if you have a drunken anointing like we have. I tell you what. The drunken anointing is the only way to, to do this happily when there's so much animal pride everywhere, even our own animal pride. We'll be irritated by people's demons while we're in our own demons, demons irritating other demons. Yeah. We'll be bothered. And it's like you're bothered in the realm. We call them fruit testers in Teen Challenge because there's no fruit in that area to comfort me from the, the thorns and thistles of these trees around me. I see all men as trees. There's some foul, detestable trees, y'all. You know, testing every spirit, smoking the trees. What kind of fruit? Well, let's see. Oh, man. Track weed fruit. Like just smoking lung cancer off of people's trees. I don't think any part of that tree is redeemable. Oh, the axe is already at the root of the tree to throw the whole system into the fire. But we're part of that whole system going into the fire, so that's why we love unconditionally, amen? I'm glad that the axe is at the root of my tree. People think judgment's a bad thing. You're actually saved through judgment. The more judgment you take into your spirit, your heart, and your brain, and your bones, the happier you get because all the part of you that's dead got judged by the living God. <laughs> we have a false religious fear of God that rejects judgment, which means there's no possible way for transformation because you're clinging to the old covenant religious man, the old covenant religious woman, whose goodness is based on soul and not the spirit of Jesus. Our additional false divinities, which are actually witchcraft. That's the potent sorcery of Babylon the Great. Any part of your soul that's adding to your spirit is in covenant with demons, y'all. You know that? When the soul brings additions to the spirit, that's when the Christian begins practicing witchcraft. Not my opinion, written in the word Galatians 3, study it out. Having begun in grace, spirit in belly, living waters doing the works, try to finish in soul. We try to finish in witchcraft, and we use witchcraft to manipulate people around us in Christianity, but it's not Christianity. Jesus Christ says it's babbling like pagans, which is using your words in the guise of the covenant religion in that day, Judaism, and everyone was doing it. So, you know, it's how you manipulate your kids using the Bible, using your Bible. It's not spirit, it's soul. And, you know, exposing the witchcraft of religion in the soul realm infuriates most believers because their whole life has been in their soul. And the exposure of that all as sin is devastating. It's devastating. It's the same devastation as Saul of Tarsus getting smote off his donkey. It's, my whole life is a flipping lie. I think my whole Christian life, even with the gifts of the Spirit in my soul, I've lived in the soul realm. Yeah, that's true. Almost everyone in this generation has not realized the glory and is not God inside minded and is not living out of their spirit. But this is the opportunity to enter the most holy place while there's still breath in your mouth. It will first offend you. 
but it is true and it's out of love that we reveal these things so that you can go deeper into the spirit it will transform your soul this will heal your soul you know to beat up the devil and to beat up the goat you know the, the father said the goat had to die we're hard on ministries when they start attacking the goat which is our soulish religion our heart Christianity is goat when we start attacking the goat the father's more severe than we are you know we we're just trying to be up here do the best we can to represent the father in us through the spirit to kill the goat and have you continue to keep growing and not completely give up because your whole life has been in the goat of your heart since you first believed in Jesus. And a lot of Christians have a false conversion too. So like we've always told you guys, situation's way worse than you could ever imagine. But grace in the sword is way better. He'll raise the standard and reveal him as everything else just gets obliterated which is finally a place of maturity that embraces the severity of God. <laughs> How dare you threaten me with your glory when my soul is trying to gain glory through my works, through my ability. See, all the fallen angels, angels of light, that word light can be translated glory. So fallen angels are angels of glory? Yeah, Paul said it, Peter said it. There's a glory, a fading glory. It is written, fallen angels are fading glory angels. There's the glory of the heart, the glory of religion. There's the glory of human blood. Blood, human blood is light. Human blood is glory, guys. But it's a fading glory, isn't it? It begins, it eventually dies. It eventually dies. But if you get into the blood of Jesus, it never dies. The blood of Jesus is the eternal blood covenant. In order to get into that blood, there needs to be a covenant between your blood and his blood. But you can't even begin trading blood for blood in a blood covenant. Remember, covenant is a business term for trading floors. It's a transaction and a trading of your human blood, which is dying, but that human blood can have a glory. And those are all the temptations of the fallen angels to use human blood for Christian works. For a Christianity in human blood, which is actually the Antichrist. So this generation is coming out of the Antichrist. It's not that you are protected from the Antichrist. You're being delivered from already fully being in the Antichrist, which is a Christianity in human blood. That's all the Antichrist is. When that human blood is gone, the ability to even be around the Antichrist is gone because Christ has already defeated him in his blood. That's the cup of the new covenant. Drink it whenever you remember me. Whenever you remember, I've destroyed all the works of the enemy. Amen? Truth in the eye. So we're learning how to trade in the heart dimension. You open a door. We say open doors. That's opportunities in prophetics. God's the God of opening doors. I will open doors that no one can shut. We love open doors. But the door, Jesus Christ said in Revelation, was the door of the blood of the heart. He's already in the spirit. Now he's waiting on you to see if you're going to sacrifice your human bloodlines, your animal ability, ability, the religiosity of the four chambers of your heart and glorify your soul by trading for his blood, which is true light. True light came into the world. How did it come into the world? As spirit made flesh 
the word of God, Jesus of Nazareth. True light. All other light is false light except Jesus of Nazareth, the Savior of the world. How is Jesus of Nazareth, the Messiah, the Savior of the world? Through his blood, the Bible says. The Bible says through his blood we have salvation. Now you need to understand that we have a theology about that for 500 years and you know we oh precious is the blood who can make us white as snow we sing about the blood and all of that's wonderful. It should be celebrated, but there needs to be a greater maturity in the priesthood of Melchizedek for understanding practically as disciples of his blood what it does how it works and using it practically for trading and helping young Christians become much more mature Christians in the blood of Jesus in the blood on the inside not the blood on the outside don't get the Crisco out putting over the doorposts going mentally ill on us now not the pleading of the blood there's no pleading of the blood in the in the New Testament that's Old Testament so we come out of sorcery now it's the drinking of the blood the Bible says is the New Testament it's the blood of Jesus working on the inside of your bodies inside the temple learning how to trade in your heart so this is the time to lay hands on your heart and your spirit and start trading. You will begin to feel buzzing electricity and energy on your face because out of your heart, your mouth speaks, which means you will feel in your countenance. He's the lifter of our countenance, the lifter of our souls. Gee whiz, I wonder why. Because somebody has changed their heart, traded their heart for his heart. A man after God's heart. He wasn't after having a good heart of his own. He was forsaking his heart. That's why his sins were constantly forgiven. The worst sins in the entire Bible, by the way. Because he was making progress in dissolving his wicked, evil heart for God's perfect, holy heart. And that's why David always found mercy and grace and was God's beloved. God's beloved and you're God's beloved if you keep making progress out of your heart into his that's the christian path and finding it is in your bellies you're not going to find it anywhere else you get into witchcraft you get into bewitchment you get into theology doctrine you get into the angel's light you get into satan if you look anywhere else if you're looking anywhere else then inside your spirit you're bewitched haven't begun in the spirit you're going to finish in the spirit jesus author and the perfecter only in the spirit he's not going to author and perfect in the soul it's false maturity everywhere everywhere they think that you're maturing in the soul come into my ministry and mature in your soul you never hear from again they get into self-righteousness and there's a glory there there's jesus christ said to be lying signs and wonders in that realm jezebel does signs and wonders too so stolen water is sweet gifts are irrevocable the issue jesus said is knowing me in the spirit hebrew word yada which is intimate union with god in spirit and in truth no one can become a worshipful master unless they worship in spirit and truth you know the enemy has a union with the fallen angels the enemy the bible says in the book of enoch that Satan and the fallen angels loved their sons, the giants and the Nephilim. They loved their sons and they desired that each one of their sons live 500 years. 
there's a demonic love and jealousy for that satanic bloodline of Cain. It's the bloodline of Cain. It's the bloodline of Tubal Cain. It's the counterfeit of everything Christ is in his bloodline on earth, which is the river of life. The river of life's always been in the believer's spirit. So the river of life has cut a path like a Grand Canyon from the Garden of Eden to right now for the last 6,022 years. That river is moving, cutting a path through men and women's spirit who progressively give them that Cain bloodline, that pride fallen angel bloodline, that human Nimrod, 70 nations of the Tower of Babel bloodline, which is all the root nations of human bloodlines and all the root nations of human DNA. And there is a remnant that is transferring the human DNA into the God sperm genetics, which is the total healing of the curse of the fall. This is the, the total overcoming of sin and death. And the last generation, the Bible prophesies, will overcome death. Where is death? Death is in the blood. How do you know that? Because the Bible says that the life is in the blood. Well, if a person's dying, that means that there's death in the blood. They have a wrong blood. Life is in the blood of Jesus. Death is in the blood of men and women. Amen. Amen. So we need to get into the blood. We need to trade in the blood. This is how you actually grow in grace. Grace is the blood of Jesus. You need to understand grace like a river. Grace is a star, morning star rise in your heart. It's a, the light of grace and the water of grace. So all of these understandings of the New Testament is how Jesus in your spirit will progressively conquer your humanity in your heart. What is humanity? 666, it is written. The number of humanity, 666, which is beast. How can beast transform into totally divine where the Bible says the ability to become as perfect as God is perfect, be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect, is actually available if you can give your beast, your heart and your brain and your bones and your marrow to the fire of the Holy Ghost in your spiritual stomach. <laughs> Treasures of fiery coals. The Bible says God's heart is filled with fire and filled with gemstones and filled with a mansion and the seven spirits of God come out of the Father's heart. That's where the fire comes from. All of the gems of wisdom are the Father's heart. The seraphim bring the, the fiery coals from the very heart of God. And you are being transformed by the formation of God's own heart inside your heart. Heart is not just physical. That term heart in the New Testament is also spiritual because the spirit is the center of the soul, which means that your soul is the container of your eternal spirit. Come on now. In your spirit, if by faith in believing in Jesus Christ, you will see the very throne of God. Believe and you will see the glory. Christ in you. Christ in you isn't just ether. It's not just a belief system and some kind of wisp in there. It's the very throne of Jesus where you have victory already over every principality, power, throne, dominion, and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Which means your faith is the victory over the world. Your faith in believing that Jesus is in there and constantly giving him your animal nature is how you stay protected. Surgery is a very dangerous, vulnerable place, isn't it? 
you're knocked out, you're cut open, body parts and limbs might be exposed, you're very susceptible to viruses and infections and even bugs want to come and live with you. Very, very scary fact that mosquitoes use your blood to create their eggs. That means you're one third the mothers and fathers of mosquitoes. Just throw that wild revelation in there. Mother of mosquitoes. <laughs> <laughs> I know I fathered many mosquito. You gotta laugh at yourself because you're the father of larva. <laughs> and it's not an exaggeration, it's a literal fact. If you have been blood sucked by a mosquito, you have fathered and mothered larva and insects. You're an insect parent. Your very DNA is multiplying insects. And people don't like to hear that. They're like, get me back into patty cake Christianity. Where did we do it? We're in the Machu Picchu insectoid realm right now. Jesus went there. He's not ashamed to deal with Beezlebub. Lord of the flies, Lord of the lies, Lord of the insects, flies are lies. Jesus go right into insectoid territory. You know, you get built up in the spirit, he'll send you to some strange places like North Minneapolis. He'll send you into some weird, really weird places in the spiritual realm. But you know, you're not going alone ever. You'll never go alone. The spirit will lead you. You come in always in overkill. Anytime the spirit leads you, you come in like Rambo. You got bazookas. You got all the guns. You got the helicopters. You might look outnumbered, but you know they're just going to get totally slaughtered. And that's how it is when you walk with Jesus. The Bible says Jesus Christ always leads us in triumphant procession. Triumphant procession means if your spirit led, you don't lose. Now, if you're deceived and you think the Holy Spirit is some religious familiar demon, you're going to lose. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to give up, get disheartened. I tried the drunken glory. God doesn't love me. You get in because you're following the wrong Holy Ghost. One of the worst things in the Bible is following a false Holy Spirit. The Bible talks of false gospels, false Jesuses, and false Holy Spirits. And people get deceived all the time, and all of us at times have followed false holy spirits. We're so certain I had a vision. You know, visions can come from the enemy. You know, dreams can come from the enemy. John Paul Jackson says, there's three realms that dreams come from. You, that's not always God, ever. It's you, it's God, or it's the devil. And you can have devil dreams all the time and you interpret it wrong and next thing, you know, you buy a one-way ticket to the Middle East and you're shot in the forehead. Uh, the false prophet killed you. You know, that the enemy uses spirituality that looks like God to destroy your lives. And this is what you learn, discernment of discerning where the origin of the spirituality is from out of your innermost being full of rivers, Jesus trying to protect his people, that it will come out of the new creature. Being spirit-led is the 
spirit of God coming out of the new creature, which means if you are not God inside minded, there is a great chance that all your spirituality is the fallen angels. And people will mean well, they'll fast and pray, but you're just winging it. You, you will not have a rock-solid following of God in any decision you make, any relationship you have, your business, your, your, your ministry. All of your life is just barely holding on. And that's why most Christians are just barely holding on. They're not thriving. They're surviving. You know why Christians survive are in survival mode? And it's like, it's so hard, it's so hard. Because you're totally bewitched. Totally bewitched. That you're relying on a, a wisp of faith in a God you don't know, in a theolo theological realm that is susceptible to the prince of the power of the air. And so Christians are in survival mode instead of thrive mode. If you get into God inside mindedness, all that survival stuff goes away and you become as happy as we are every day, which is consistent in the thriving realm of Christ in you. You know, that's all you got to do, guys, is get God inside minded. And your heart will deceive you as you get God inside minded. Be like, oh, I believe he's in there. No, you need to see the glory in there as a separate person that's not you. You need to divide your spirit from the spirit of Jesus in you. You need to hear the Father laughing in your belly and know, oh my God, he's in there. This really is the temple of the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 6, 19. I don't just believe it up here in my brain from reading the Bible with some book smarts. I've now experienced it in my own heart. And now that's what produces wisdom. Physical, tangible, manifest experiences in the kingdom of heaven. That's what wisdom is. Wisdom builds through literal experiences. Book smarts won't even help you. Yeah. You're better off not even having book smarts and just going into the experiences and then reading the book afterwards to confirm that it's in the Bible. Not reading the Bible to follow God from a book. It's the Lamb's book of life and the Lamb is in your belly. They didn't even have Bibles to the 16th century. Bibles have turned people into total frickin' Pharisees everywhere where they have the knowledge of the dead letter, but they hate and despise following the spirit who inspired the prophets. Most of these people are so filled with the Bible, if those prophets who wrote the word come around, they'd condemn them as the devil instantly. They'd all be thrown out of their churches. The interpretation of the soul reading the Bible is always exactly wrong. It's wrong because it's written by the river of life. It's written by a young child. It's written by the source of freedom and joy and abundant life. Jesus lived completely carefree. Completely carefree. He told his followers, you have to cast your cares. He says, God cares for the sparrows, but you don't understand how he cares for you. You believe more in the sparrows being provided for in the wild than God providing for you because your faith is so small in the living God because you're so bewitched in external religion. And Jesus said all these things so they come into the carefree realm. And if you're in your soul, you get beat up. You'll lose there and it'll discourage your faith. That's why the beginning of coming out of Egypt in the internal realm, not just external realm, but in the heart realm is circumcision of the heart. 
circumcision of the heart is beginning to see the Lord as the provider of the land of milk and honey, which means all the goodness of the land and the land of the living on the inside. You have to find Jehovah Jireh on the inside in order to even have a vision of what the promised land is. And it is all about money. And the religious spirit just cringe at that statement. But Jesus taught about the financial realm, the provisional realm, the clothing and the food realm, that that determined who they were following. They followed him because of food in their stomach. But when he tried to provide food for their spirit, so they had an endless source, they were offended. Because they didn't want to cross over from just maintenance in the soul into the creator in their own spirit. They rejected the new covenant. They went away. Oh, if he's not going to provide for me. See, that's the Jehovah Jireh on the outside. That's usually what discourages young Christians is that I have tried so hard. I've obeyed so much and nothing happened. I'm going back to being a prostitute. And you see that they go back to uh, doing sexual immorality and have finding sugar daddies. I've seen that hundreds of times, hundreds of times that since God hasn't provided for me, my life is so hard. I blame God. They blame God. It's not God. It's you. You not going into God in your spirit. You have to get out of your soul. If the righteous are scarcely saved, what shall become of an unbeliever? You know, Babylon the Great is the place where the heart is so buried under sin and confusion that it's hard to find the provider in your spirit. Those rivers of provision are already in you. You have not let them flow through you because your heart is blocking your whole brain from knowing him in your spirit. God is your provider. See, that's in Genesis. That's the Genesis of our covenant and relationship with God. Jesus taught about this constantly. We want to just talk about revelation. No, practical stuff. People most often think about how they're going to eat, what they're going to buy, the provision, their next car, their next job, buying diapers for their kids. Get real. This is the stuff Jesus actually talked about. And the father wants that role in your spirit for an ever increasing provision. If you can get out of the way of your blockages today, the poverty mentality is Ananias and Sapphira. God kills it before it enters the kingdom. This is a place of total demon possession in God's people right now. And it has to be cut out of your hearts and it needs to be cut out of your minds. There needs to be the circumcision of the soul into the young child Jesus in your spirit. That total realm of carefree. God has already perfected a path for you in the spirit. Your job is to find it. Seek and you will find. It is written. He said, you seek, you knock, you thirst for righteousness. That's not something God does. That's something your soul and my soul does. And our job in the prophetic is to show you where it's at. And it's not on the outside. It's in your bellies, not in your intestines, in your spirit that's inside your bellies. You will find your provider there and your relationship and your covenant will grow and the path and the plan of God will open up on the inside of the temple. That's why the resurrection is the internal raising of the dead. Philippians chapter three, not external raising, not bewitched, not out here, not in the realm of the dead, in the realm of Christ in you. That is where you raise from the dead. That is where you find 
Jehovah Jireh. This is a place you must discover, otherwise you will guarantee forsake Red Letter Ministries. You'll get frustrated, you'll betray me, guaranteed, because you'll say, it works for Brandon because he takes up offerings after Joel's bar. It doesn't work for me because I'm out here working my butt off and I've never, none of this stuff works for me. It only works for these people that are preaching. And the demon spirit wants you to believe that. The demon wants you to be pulled away from having this. I used to live out of dumpsters. I lived in condemned housing for years. I've lived in trailers with no electricity and no plumbing. I've lived in the depths of depravity in the lowest places in existence in North America. I've lived in Mexico. I've had dirt floors. I understand these things. I understand how it works. I've dealt with constant persecution in this ministry for telling the truth every day. This isn't Nicolaitan separation exploiting the laity. This is the same Christ in your belly and you will know him more and he will provide for you. He will prepare a place for you. You can go into him and rise from whatever level you've put yourself in by your current level of faith. That's the truth. There are measures of faith. And the measure of faith is how well you know your provider in your spirit. This is where you deal with betrayal. The betrayal in the Bible came where? In one area only. If you read the Bible, money, money. Money in that area only was, did you find the betrayal of the Messiah and the betrayal of the apostles and the betrayal of disciples later. They loved the world. They betrayed because they couldn't find provision. They couldn't find Jehovah Jireh like the apostles could because they had opened up their heart and then got into that realm. And back then there was so much persecution. Paul says, I'm content with nothing and I'm content with everything and I know what it's like to have it all and I know what it's like to have nothing I know what it's like to live in Caesar's palace I know what it's like to have a luxury apartment I know what it's like to be homeless Paul said that in the Bible which means it's not based on this natural realm we're cleaning up this natural realm the elements are melting but you have to seek and find it in your own spirit and it probably will look different than what it looks like for your leaders the apostles we can paint a picture for you but you are going to have your own experiences in your own spirit in your own intimate union and you're going to begin to build up others with your own faith by finding God in you. He says, I know the plans I have for you, always for good, always for provision. You'll never lack. I've never seen the righteous begging bread, it is written. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me, declares the Lord. Which means you have to seek with all your heart. Because the whole world system is against you finding him. He's hidden from you because he's invisible in your spirit and we're carnal with our eyes in the realm of the natural. All the carnal with eyes in the natural is witchcraft. Witchcraft is what separates man from God. Potent sorcery, Babylon the Great, potent witchcraft, Babylon the Great, same thing. This is a physical substance of false light that separates believers' eyes, believers' minds, from God himself. And we want to burn through all those cobwebs, burn through all that dirt and dust, burn through all that human blood, all that human manure pile, that human flesh. And those are our limitations, our weaknesses. We want to just burn the weaknesses and the limitations to smithereens and have you rock 
solid in the Father's throne room. We're going to connect you. I guarantee if you can walk with me, because there's nothing I've ever received from my Father that I don't impart into those that walk with me. People get different measurements, 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold, but it's because they don't seek with all of their heart. This stuff is real and it works 100% of the time and don't think there's any other path. This is the one path of God inside one new man. Amen. And we're going to discover him together. And when we find him, revelation is discovery of God, even in the discovery of God as healer and provider, which are the most important things. The lover of your soul, you better believe that he's caring for your soul. The Bible says he'll clothe the soul. The Bible says that he'll provide for the soul. Jesus promised in his parables, he was talking in terms of talents. It wasn't shekel ministry. Shekel was just a couple dollars. Talents were several thousand dollars. You need to understand the parable of talents. It's written in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John constantly because Jesus was speaking in huge figures of money in his teachings because this is what the people were looking for deliverance from their oppressors deliverance from the tax collectors deliverance from caesar deliverance from herod deliverance from religion they were looking for liberation financially the messiah and the promise of the messiah was to save them financially And a lot of religious Christians don't bring the Messiah into that realm. And it's just spiritual salvation, which is fine. You'll still die and go to heaven, but you'll have a hard life. Jesus didn't come so you have a hard life. Jesus came so you have on earth as it is in heaven. We have a hard life because we mix Jesus with religious spirits, which is antichrist. You need to embrace the, you know what the cross is for? Destroying poverty, sickness, religion, disease, mindset, strongholds, generational curses, and we got them all, guys. Our generation has every generational curse of all time. And it shows. We're the biggest mess of all time. We're a laughing stock to the baby boomers, the millennials, the Gen Xers. These people are flipping crazy. Well, they're the ones that passed down all their curses down to us, but guess what? We're the ones that are going to find the full ability of the Messiah and turn all the ashes into a phoenix, a rising phoenix, all the sorrow into dancing, which means you have the most sorrow. You have all kinds of hopelessness, all kinds of debt, all kinds of poverty, all kinds of religion, all kinds of false spiritism, all kinds of false Jesuses, false Holy Spirits, deceiving lying signs and wonders, Jezebel destroying the charismatic church en masse, Jezebel killing, physically murdering some of the most powerful prophets who ever walked the earth, watching powerful prophets lose and physically die to principalities just this summer with Jeff Jansen. And it's, it's horrifying and it's horrible. So we are using all of that energy to take the people into the promised land of the spirit to do damage to the enemy. And this is where you do the most damage to the enemy as they find a financial provider in their spirit. Because remember, the prostitute was at the tomb. They were there. They're desperate. They, don't, they can't go back to their old profession. You become a disciple. Now the key is, where are my provisions going to come from? I believe in Jesus. I can't go back to a life of sin. Where is this new life? 
Where is my provider? That's the number one thing that believers struggle with. Number one, finances, money. And he's got to bring it all out into the light. And you got to find Jesus in that glory cloud in your belly and the path for provisions in you. It will require you repenting from the old familiar stuff, like the fishermen. They're going back to fishing. Jesus at the shore, he's not condemning them. But he's like, come follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. It was like, that was your new source of provision. And if you don't think Peter was raking it in, there's people, stories and acts of people giving hundreds and millions of dollars to the apostles in Jerusalem. Millions. They weren't giving Sunday school children's church offerings. They were selling their properties, selling their land ownership. They were selling real estate and giving all the money from the real estate at the feet of the apostles. And we say, you know, that's a wonderful thing. That should be celebrated. That's how the kingdom advances in the book of Acts. Yeah. I mean, you might need to go through the book of Acts before we go back to the Garden of Eden. Most people <laughs> reject that and manifest poverty over that stuff. Yeah. They can't even handle the truth of that level of the word of God, but it's in there. And that was the fulfillment of Jesus saying, you don't need to be fishers anymore. I have given you a role as high priest in Jerusalem. And you know, the priesthood of the Pharisees, they were all millionaires. And people that use ministry to make money. No, Jesus in his ministry had a treasurer. We have so much poverty in our American gospel. And then there's an abuse of it. We need the healthy center. You need the healthy center. You need to become a treasure house, the Bible declares. There is a treasure house of provision. When you are blessed, it's the only way you can be a blessing to others. All these people say, oh, I'm so cursed in that whole realm. I can only pray for you, but I cannot help you financially. That is because of Satan 100% of the time, guys. And that's not the condemnation. Reveal the devil, get him out and get the river flowing, get into the glory, find provision and advance the kingdom like the book of Acts. We will go through book of Acts and have that same standard before we go into the higher standard of the Garden of Eden. We're not at Book of Acts yet. Book of Acts revival is a totally different level of obedience that I have never seen in the history of America. We've never had that level of faith and glory and grace and provision and miracles and excitement and joy. We've never had a Book of Acts revival in the USA. That's going to come first. And then through that Acts experience that will grow everyone's faith in encountering God, we're going to go back into the Garden of Eden, which is a completely other level of lifestyle of the heavenly glory. In the Garden of Eden, it's not just, is my Wells Fargo or my U.S. Bank okay? The Garden of Eden Bank is mountains of 24 karat gold, financial economic buying power beyond Solomon. One greater than Solomon is here. Why was Solomon so famous? Because of his economic status, his wisdom. It is true that people were looking for liberation financially. That's why Solomon was a hero to them. And Jesus had to say, one greater than Solomon's here. I can turn you from silver to gold, the gold of my kingdom. If you can follow me into the spirit. And most couldn't because they were blind to the natural realm, the bewitchment, the witchcraft had got them that they were seeing the limitations of their brains. I'm not smart of their hands, their skills in marketplace and business. You know, Peter as a fisherman, 
You don't make much money as a fisherman. You're selling fish, you're smelling like a fish. But the priesthood was the upper ruling class. It was a total change of class from lower class to the highest upper class through Jesus Christ for Peter. Peter will be the first to testify. It was a complete shift of classes. Jesus will shift you in the external realm from different classes. That's why they murdered him. He was superseding all of the religious suck-up anointing and political realm of the Pharisees and the Sadducees of doing it through brown nosing and going through all their little schools and working your way up in ministry till you can be on the board of directors or you can be a pastor in that ministry. Jesus went around that whole system and said, it's by obedience to the invisible Holy Ghost. And you will shift and it won't just be a spiritual thing because the Pharisees have no problem with that. The Pharisees were spirit. They believed in all the spiritual stuff. It was the changing of the external class systems that you would take the upper class outside of their control is why they murdered him out of greed and money and control of money it is written why they killed Jesus why they hated him he was destroying their systems it wasn't about the spiritual stuff they believed in the resurrection they believed in angels show us signs and wonders they loved signs and wonders none of that offended them none of it they loved all the spiritual stuff you couldn't be too spiritual for a Pharisee it was the economic class system that infuriated them. That's what we're going against. That's the stronghold of the devil in your souls that you're going to conquer and bring into your spirit. That's what needs to be traded on the trading floors of your heart to the Holy Spirit in your bowels. That's what we give him the limitations of our classes. What animal type we were born into. Even if we've worked hard in college and I came out of... Listen, man, your ability fails in comparison to the ability of Christ in you. And he's got a different path than your own skill, even your own discipline. The discipline of the Spirit is completely opposite to the discipline of the flesh. One's a Pharisee going to hell. The other one's a friend of God rising in eternal heavenly delight. The difference is profound in the Spirit. This is what wisdom is. Wisdom is the ability to tear down everything built by the clown, which is the soul. The laborers that labor in vain, it's the soul building. It's trying to change classes. I'm born again, but I'm still stuck in the ghetto. I'm still stuck in total dire poverty. I can never get a break. It's so hard. Listen, man, it's easy and light in the spirit. You're doing it in the wrong dimension. You're still in the blood dimension, the soul dimension. You're in the demonic dimension, which means you're barely holding on to fire insurance. You're clinging for salvation of your spirit in that wrong dimension you're not gonna break through there you're working in the kingdom of hell and the prince of the power of the dry place you need to go into the river repent and be baptized into Christ's living water in your belly and then the internal resurrection will change your external classes to the measure you thirst you will be filled what is the filling of the thirst that Jesus Christ said in the Bible the raising of the inner man by the elevator of the river of life Jesus Christ provided an elevator for different classes in the natural, different manifestations of elevations in the natural, and that elevator is the internal river of life. We've been trying to do it, climb the seven mountain mandate with our own hearts. You ain't gonna get it done there. Total deception. 
You do it in the river. You do it in the elevator. You do it in the living water. Jesus will raise the dead in your inner man. And the dead is your own human blood that's dying in the fading glory. All of that changes. Your hearts change. Your minds get renewed to the living water flowing out of your belly for the believers getting saved from the world systems that are based on soul and blood, based on brain and hand. Dogs and sorcerers is what Jesus Christ called in the Bible. Sorcerers and dogs working by the soul realm, by human blood, human brain, human hand, human skill is the dimension of sorcerer and dog and almost all Christians are still in that dimension of that economy and that marketplace. So you can only go so far. I can't get past a $18 an hour job. I just even wish 24 is beyond my spectrum of ability. $24 an hour. People think, let's get real. Let's get practical. The reason why is because you haven't gone into the royal king's ability. There's a king in you. And when it gets real through experience, your whole excellence transforms. How you talk, how you walk, all of it gets transformed by constantly discovering the literal king of heaven and earth in your own spirit. It's intimacy with the king that brings forth the queen. The bride of Christ is the queen of heaven. There's a new queen in heaven. The Bible says the old queen in heaven is the seven-headed beast in the whore of Babylon, her rider which is the soul trying to bring heaven to earth through human blood. It goes down into the crystal sea, which is the ability of the blood of Jesus already in your spirit. Dormant in there mostly. Most believers have it dormant in there. We haven't tapped into 1% and we're struggling out here complaining about gas prices. How does the Bilderberg Group have billions? And I'm living month to month struggling. I tell you the truth. The discovery of Jehovah Jireh in your spirit will cause the revival to begin. It will. It'll be goodness that leads to repentance, which is on mass revival. Until you discover the ability to financially prosper beyond your carnal soul's ability in your spirit by the divine ability, you will not have your joy completed and overflowing. There'll be sorrow still in your eyes, which means that you need to keep drinking until his ability to produce wealth called the king of the Jews. He is the king of the Jews, which is the mountaintops. That's the reference to the mountaintops of Jacob in the Bible, which is all banking system, fiat or crypto, all economic buying power. That Those details don't matter. People think they do, but you're in the wrong dimension. You're in the soul dimension. It's all money, all buying power. Jacob's mountaintops represents the supernatural dominion over all economic buying power, whether it be digital or whether it be physical. It's the ability to rule with wealth, which belongs, the Bible says, to Jacob. And Jesus is the king of Jacob written over his head. If he stayed dead, he wouldn't be, but he is alive, which means he's the living God of all finance. We have yet to discover this. I know just because it's symbolized in wisdom in the Old Testament, this realm of finance has to be discovered in the inner man of the believers before we have the great awakening. Yeah. 
Solomon had to sanctify all the finances of the kingdom and all the economic buying power that he had for the temple before the glory came. And that is for your understanding how discovering Jehovah Jireh must be complete in you before there is a revival. Otherwise, it'd just be like, there'd still be sorrow. You'd still be sadness. There'd still be slavery. You'll still have slavery mentality, poverty perspective, and that's the Antichrist holding back the awakening. This realm needs conquering, and this is the seed in the revelation to conquer it in everyone. And those that are thirsty will go in and find it. And then they'll share their faith with others, encouraging other people's spirit for their souls to go down into these dimensions of their own spirit and find the creator and the maker El Shaddai. El Shaddai is a reference for the ability to create provisions in the desert. The Jews came up with that term El Shaddai when there was no physical way to create food, money or anything, even clothing and they knew him as El Shaddai. They saw how he could create out of nothing provision for them. Until you discover that dimension of Christ in you, there will be slavery and Satan still oppressing you. And that's still the current condition of most of you right now, which is this the, the childish immaturity of not really knowing him that well yet. Not knowing his goodness. Not knowing his provision. Grumbling in the marketplace instead of thriving. I mean, look at Joseph thriving any position he was put in because he was serving the anointing. It symbolizes he went right to the top. Any position. If he was a slave in the house, where did he go? The master of the slaves of the house of the most powerful businessman in all of Egypt. Because of his excellence, he started in the lowest places in the pit sold into slavery. And because he was serving the Lord and not man, he kept rising in excellence and that's how you overcome the dead. Paul says the same thing in the epistles. In all you do, do it and work for the Lord and not for man. And God can promote you in due season. If you're grumbling in the work, if you're grumbling at your current level, just forget ever being promoted. You'll stay at that level the rest of your life. You'll stay in poverty the rest of your life. If you serve God with all your heart, if you seek him with all your heart, if you're thankful, grateful to be a plumber like Smith Wigglesworth for 40 years before he had the promise of a great international minister. No grumbling, thankful, gratitude. Thankful that I have the spirit and I can work on people's toilets six days a week. He was grateful, he was thankful, never got a bad attitude. He grew in his inner man, just like Jesus did submitting to his parents at 12. Jesus just developed on the inside and his mother cherished these things in her heart. This is the angel of the Lord inside of a 12-year-old boy's body. And the action of that 12-year-old boy was to continue to dwell and inside in the union with his father in intimacy and submit externally to the rules of his land to his parents he could have said oh no i'm god he didn't he acted like his age he acted like a perfect 12 year old a lot of us are just well i got god in me so i should have all this and that no you need to learn humility you lack humility you don't deserve anything other than to know God and God deserves everything. These are the rewards of the lamb. You share in them by bringing the old man into the fire of Christ in the new man. And then you become co-heirs and partakers of the divine nature. 
And then you get to share in the grace of the Lord Jesus, which is called grace, undeserved favor. What's that undeserved favor? Beginning to know his ability progressively in your inner man. Amen. And these are the people that will mature into the level of sonship. But if you skip this whole path, it will never happen your whole life. This is foundational for the joy of the Lord. This has to be foundational in all your spirits and all your souls, all your minds, or you can't walk deeply in the spirit because there'll be sorrow in your head. You'll have excuses. You have false teaching. False teaching often covers up inadequacies because of a lack of depth in the spirit. False teachings everywhere. Their interpretation through their own shallow experiences with God. We need to go into the deep things of God and have a deeper, richer explanation for the Bible and for the things of Christianity, for people to go deeper and manifest a greater ability of God, a greater glory, a greater demonstration of faith that no one's ever seen before. And those that are God inside minded will reveal to everyone where the Ark of the Covenant has been, where the throne of God has been. Nobody knows this stuff, guys. Even the ones that quote 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that is in you, are still super worried about external things. Maybe robots are gonna kill us like Terminator 2. You now you hear this stuff, guys. It's madness. It's not clarity. It's mixture. It's man at best, and that's giving them the benefit of the doubt because it looks like demonic influence to me. It's man at best because you have three influences. God, yourself, and the devil. And self and devil, Jesus said it was the same thing. Same thing. So we need to get deeper into God in that realm of victory, which only comes from living in the holy place of our spirit, the secret place of our heart, the stairway of the heart, the garden of Eden in the heart. You'll be in the garden of Eden with your heart, with your consciousness for a long time before we materialize it on the outside, which is how Smith Wigglesworth and anyone that served God in any capacity could stay loyal and faithful. Abraham, loyal and faithful. 40 years, 60 years, no promises, not discouraged. <laughs> Believing, living in the heart, an impartation in the heart. Grateful. You know, you're you're in the promised land when you found God. If you need more than God, you got a major idolatry issue. But when you seek God in his kingdom, it's important that all things be added unto you because those are the ones in union with God that are destined to rule the world. If anyone rules the world that's not in union with God, you have devils ruling over you. We have devils ruling over us in America. They rule over your money, your economic system, your education system, your cultural system, your music system, your entertainment system. You have devils ruling over almost every aspect of your life in America. But you don't have to have any of that in your life, but you don't want to just let it go out there. You want to develop the divine government on the inside and then wash it out there. See, it's about changing you so that God through you can change the world around you. And we need to understand the water courses and the plumbing of the new covenant temple of our spirit and our soul and our mind in order to drown this world with righteousness. Heaven awaits a drowning of righteousness, Peter says, and the earth awaits a drowning in your spiritual righteousness. But in order to drown the world in righteousness, you have to drown your own heart. Most of us have barely even begun, because we don't understand we're perishing for lack of revelation, the trading of our blood for his blood, the 
foundations of a blood covenant, which means blood transfer, your blood to his. This is not a far out concept. This is new covenant foundations. We are still trying to do it in our own blood. We need to trade for his blood and then it gets easy and light. But the mind needs to be renewed to his blood, his bloodline, king of the Jews, the royal heir who purchased heaven and earth, but he comes as a servant not as a king, which means it's going to be the same path for you. Even though you have the royal blood of God flowing through your veins, you become servant of all. You'd be misunderstood. You'd be serving the invisible Holy Ghost the whole time. And they'll be wanting the bread. We follow you for a physical meal. We follow you for a soulish <laughs> meal for all kinds of different selfish reasons. They did in the Bible, so they will for you. And they'll all fall away. They'll all fall away. The only ones that follow God that stay are the ones that follow God for God. Pleasure in God like Enoch, which is standard discipleship of the New Covenant. A standard disciple walks with God to pleasure and please God. And what's secondary is the pleasure and pleasing of me and others. Not spouse, not kids, God. God be pleasured, Enoch path, basic discipleship of the new covenant, level one. And if that's foundational, then you can go deeper in the spirit to pleasure God, which would be an overflow towards your spouse, towards your relationships, towards your family, towards your kids, towards your city, towards your state, towards your nation, and it will transform the world the more you please and pleasure God. But it's about pleasing and pleasuring God in the midst of you, not far away, not as a theology. Just take your hand and put it right in your belly, right there, right there. Until you can hear him laugh, until you can see him smile and the glory springing up from your belly. Amen. For those that know him, there will be rivers of his glory, rivers of his pleasure, which is the pleasing of God, springing up out of their innermost being and flooding their personality, it is written. We need to please the spring of life. What pleasure is the great shepherd? Drinking the spring, which is pleasing the spirit. And then we say when we please the spirit, the spirit and the bride say, come and drink. What are you drinking? The pleasure of pleasing the Holy Ghost. A maturity of a people that have used everything in this life to pleasure and please the spirit of God. That's how you get really, really high in the glory. Everything you've ever gotten is used to pleasure the spirit. And he's the one that just takes you up with rocket shoes. You know, so the selfishness falls off you because it's an inferior pleasure because you're totally deceived. And so all that stuff falls off. And then the real revelation of eternal pleasure, which is heaven, begins to infuse the soul. So the folly of your youth as Christians dissolves in the flesh, dissolves in the DNA. And you only want to practice wisdom because you know what all, everything else already is through experience. So it has no temptation over you ever again. And you will learn all those lessons in the coming days until you understand the greatest thing Ecclesiastes 12 is pleasing God and obeying him. What is the end of the matter, guys? The end of wisdom, Ecclesiastes 12, the teacher, it is written to please God and obey him. And that's the full pleasure of the soul. That is the epitome and the height of hedonism. And that is the truth anyhow, in Jesus' name. Bless you guys. If the Spirit's speaking to you of partnering with this ministry, double that amount, in Jesus' name. <laughs>
take that number and quadruple it in Jesus' name. Test the Holy Ghost. Test this spring in finances. The Bible says it. Test me in finances. This is the area of struggle. Partner with your income. 10% of whatever it is. Test me in the tithe that is written and see that the realm of glory will not intensify you in the marketplace for provision. He's not asking for saving up for $1,000 or $10,000 at that level. You'll never give. He wants you to test him in the days of giving in your poverty, testing him in your lack. That's how you get into the abundance is being faithful with little. Therefore, he'll make you faithful with much. It is written. Amen. It's about walking with God where you're at. Don't be ashamed of it, but don't be disobedient either. Don't deny God and the works of the laborers plowing your field. You must be partnering with something in your house. There needs to be something of your house of value partnering with the supernatural leadership of the fivefold in the river. That is beyond a shadow of a doubt clearly written in the New Testament. There needs to be a financial supporting of your teachers of some capacity, whatever it is, and you will prosper as you partner all the natural realm with the glory realm. And it is a covenant promise. You will go from glory to glory, physically, mentally, morally, financially, as you do it and follow it spiritually in the spiritual teaching and instruction of the revelations of the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen.